0: Hello, I'm at Block Dojo in London to meet the latest group of entrepreneurs to complete this incubator program for startups that are building their businesses on the BSV blockchain. This week, I'll be finding out about new ideas to track the carbon emissions of ships, how to create payment apps more easily, and how to play Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu online.
1: You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller.
0: First, I met Robin Russell, whose experience in shipping and financial services led to the founding with two colleagues of Satva Trust, which aims to use blockchain and other technologies to make the emissions reporting of shipping more reliable.
2: We are bringing clarity and transparency to uh, the emissions performance of the shipping industry. Um so uh, the shipping industry emits about a billion tons of carbon dioxide every year. it's about three percent of the world's total um, and uh, the data that underpins that uh, that flow uh, is currently pretty unreliable um and there are quite a few stakeholders in the uh, financial services industry, for example the lenders, the insurers who rely on that to make decisions about their business and uh it's it's really a question of visibility
0: right so so what exactly is the market who who will pay to know better what the emissions of shipping are
2: there's actually two sides to that story so there's one which is the lenders and the insurers so they'll uh they'll pay to know what it is because they want to know what
0: the risk is that they're
2: exactly right so the risk of being involved in a in a client that is uh, heavily polluting or a good actor in that direction, but then also the risk from their perspective in terms of their carbon footprints. Um, There's also a sideline there in terms of, uh, it's an indication of how the businesses uh, run themselves, how how, uh, well organized they are. Um, as, Which as would businesses. also
0: may mean they were a better bet to insure if they were well-organized.
2: Absolutely right. Less likely to get involved in, in uh, activities that you wouldn't want to be involved in, um, and also to have trouble with the ships, uh, you know, staff training, or, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then the other side of the equation is the ship owners themselves. So this, the ship owners that are well-organized and, and well-run uh, would really like to showcase uh, how well they're doing in that direction. And because the data is unreliable
0: at the moment, they actually don't get to do that. So how are you going to produce more reliable data than is around at the moment?
2: So the first step is to move away from the uh, self-reported data that comes from the ship. So at the moment, all the data basically comes from the People ship. People can just say what they like about their own trip. To some extent, they can say what they like. They have to work a little bit, but yes, they can essentially say what they like. They're in the middle of the Pacific. There's nobody watching. So it's a little bit So how do we avoid where- that? So uh, it's really down to satellite data. Um, so we take satellite data of various sorts, weather data, sea state, uh, you know the, the details of the ship itself, um, the position, uh, the speed, um, and put that through an AI
0: model um,
2: and bring new perspectives. So, that's- so
0: if, if you see that a ship is going at a certain speed in certain conditions and it's a certain kind of ship, you can sort of work out how much... Uh, fuel it must be using so exactly exactly right exactly right
2: so then uh that gives some various new perspectives that we can bring to the situation uh we get to uh, create industry benchmarks and um, that we can benchmark that particular ship against and uh, depending on how the ship performs in emissions terms that could actually lead to the creation of carbon credits um so this comes back to uh, the ship owner and the fact that they then have new assets on their balance sheet that they can use, they can sell for offsetting, or they can use in, in the finance industry as a
0: collateral. It's an interesting, quite specialized idea. How did you come across this and what were you doing before that made you interested in it? Yeah, um,
2: it's, uh, it, it's quite specialized. You're absolutely right. The first industry we're coming to is the shipping industry, but we'll go into others, aviation and motoring and, and even residential property uh, over time. Um, the, uh, where we came to this from was actually, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine that, um, uh, has a carbon sequestration technology, which, which, uh, he's developed and is moving into the shipping industry. And, uh, this was earlier this year. I was on my way into a blockchain strategy program, uh, with the Oxford university side business school um and was looking for use cases to take into that program and talking to him about this. And it, it occurred to me he, he has a particular problem with with data um and the recording of data. And it occurred to me that there was a far, far large, larger problem in the in the shipping industry uh in particular. Um so uh took that into the uh into the program. Um uh Karuthika and Layla were actually in the program as well. We happen to these are my colleagues, the co founders, absolutely co founders, sorry. Um, and, uh, we happened to come together and, and it gelled and we all decided that there was something really interesting here. So after the program, we
0: carried on. It's interesting because you're on this block dojo incubator program here, which is 12 weeks of, um, support and, uh, education in a way for getting your startup going. But I know that you also do executive coaching yourself. So, I mean, what's it like being on the other end of a, of a kind of coaching in this program? Do you, do you find yourself thinking, oh, I don't think they should have done it like that. We sure, could have explained I it bad. better. Or, what <laughs>
2: I think I think that particular thing is part of the human condition. I think everybody comes to a situation and goes, hmm, interesting, uh, with bits of it. It's a fantastic program. Uh, it's been very, very interesting. I've learned a lot. Um, I uh, have gained a lot from coaching myself over the years um, in various forms. So part of the reason why I'm an executive coach is because of the impact that it's had on me. Um, so I always come to situations like this, looking to, looking to see what I can learn. And I've had a fantastic time in the, in the, uh, in the dojo here. The, the 12 weeks are very intense. Uh, I would say, uh, it feels intense when you start and then it gets worse. Um, I <laughs> so, hope uh, we're all a little bit exhausted at this point, but, um, and you're
0: almost at the end now. Absolutely right? right. I should, I want to ask you finally, um, satva and satva trust. What, is, what where does that word come from?
2: So sattva is the middle of three energies that pervade the universe, uh, according to the Vedic traditions. Uh, so you have the first, which is more of a sleepy sort of a, 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 uh, an energy. And then you have the third, which is more of an energetic, chaotic sort of an energy that, that sort of pulls at both edges of things. And sattva is the energy that's in the middle. Um, so it's about awareness, it's about calmness, it's about being there and just seeing things as they are. Which we thought was was pretty appropriate for what we're doing.
0: I mean, I guess what you're doing is a is a business, but there's probably a bit of social uh, and environmental sort of motivations behind you and your team as well, aren't there?
2: Yeah, there are definitely. We're all we're all interested in sustainability. We're all concerned about the situation that we're in with the uh, with the climate and all of that. Um, uh, so. The, and, and Leila has specialisms in the banking side of things on the, on the sustainability side of it, so from a, from a uh, career perspective. But um, I, think, I think there's also uh, something of the geek in, in each of us that just needs things to be as they are. And I think there's something about the unreliability of the data and the fact that people don't know what's going on. Everybody's tiptoeing around, sort of waiting for the, the landmine they're going to stand on. And it seems like a situation that needs to change. The technology exists now to make it change. It's a problem waiting to be solved, really, isn't it? We certainly think so.
0: Well, really good luck with it. And thank thank you very much for talking to me today, Robin. Charles. Thank you. My next guest, Priyatham Varma, is a former web developer and educator whose mission with his startup Backend is to help people without technical skills to make their own fintech products.
3: Backend is a no-code platform where anyone can easily build blockchain applications, especially for the fintech industry.
0: I don't know how to code. Would I be able to Definitely. build a fintech product?
3: That's the unique selling point for our product. There's no need for you to understand anything technical, and there's no need for you to be a coder, but you can still build on top of a backend.
0: So what kind of a product might I be able to build then? So as I already told
3: that we are mostly into the fintech industry, so you can create a bank. But that's our target. That's our roadmap. So initially, you can create a payment gateway. So that's our first product. Then you can create a P2P lending platform. Then you can create analytics dashboard, all in the fintech industry. So the first point will be the payment gateway. And there we want to give you or enable anyone to build a bank kind of infrastructure.
0: Wow. So obviously, I'm going to need to understand quite a lot about the the money side of it anyway. Your customers are going to be people who know about finance but don't know about uh, technology, I guess. Is that right?
3: I would say maybe not because blockchain is an entirely new system and it is rewriting the entire finance industry. So there is no need for you to understand everything in finance. Of course, you need to understand the basic components, but you can be a new beginner in the space and still you can understand about DeFi. Because in DeFi, we have very low concepts or very less concepts compared to the traditional finance. So you can start early, you can be the newbie, but in two years' time you'll be an expert in a blockchain space
0: And will I be subscribing to backend and when I've built my product, will I still be subscribing or how does that work? You know the thing is that we have three tires.
3: the first one is the freemium tire and the second one is the ninja plan where you have to pay ten ten pounds per month and the other Samurai plan, which is twenty pounds per month. The thing is that if you don't want to subscribe to our whatever the uh, service, you can still use the free end. But we will be taking a larger commission on every transaction that your users will be doing. But if you take the subscription, we will reduce the uh, transaction cost. And also you can use many other features like analytics dashboard and many other features.
0: What were you doing before
3: that brought you <laughs> to this idea? And oh, got- my God, I was doing many things, actually. <laughs> but I was a software developer for almost like a decade. I was into the software industry, DevOps, cloud infrastructure and everything. Then I thought, you know, this is not the right way of doing the things because there were many issues, uh, many cloud issues and everything. The To give you an example, if you store something in the cloud, you need to pay for that every month. You just saved it once, but you need to pay that for every month. But what happened is that from 2018 to 2019, I saw blockchain as a new system to store data or to store value where you just need to store once. And there's no need for you paying every time. Then that was my interest point where I thought, okay, this is something great. So I thought, okay, let's jump into blockchain. And also I've done my master's in AI and data science. So uh, I wanted to do more into blockchain and AI stuff. But at at the moment, I'm doing more in the blockchain stuff.
0: And will you be using the Bitcoin SV, BSV blockchain? Definitely.
3: I think that's a very huge market because Bitcoin halving event will be happening in 2024. So I think more people will be coming to the Bitcoin ecosystem, which means that more people will be coming into BSV ecosystem as well, because BSV is one of the biggest Bitcoin ecosystems in the entire Bitcoin universe, I would say. <laughs> so, yeah. But,
0: but I'm guessing that if your customers don't need to know how to code, they won't really need to know a huge amount about Bitcoin SV or anything either, will they? There then?
3: is no need. I mean, we all use internet. How many of know the backend things of internet? We don't know. There's no need for you to know. Of course, if you want to know, Yes, we uh, there are many educational resources for that. But if you want to build a uh, business, you can use backend for that using any chain, mainly Bitcoin.
0: And what stage have you reached in developing the product then?
3: Me being a developer, I almost developed the product. It's a working product. And maybe if I was given like two months time only on the development, I can build it myself. But I'm raising money to build that with you know professional
0: experts and everything. So, yeah. And then how will you go about getting your first customers? Who do you think they will be? Interestingly, I already have 57 people who are
3: already whitelisted into the into my platform. The first customers are entrepreneurs or innovators who want to build something on top of our platform. I'll tell you a very interesting story. They were, I mean, I'm into the blockchain ecosystem since 2018. As I'm speaking with many people, you know, doctors and uh, business people, traders, shipping people, everyone, they want to build something on top of blockchain but most of them can't because of the technical reasons or whatever the coding skills that they don't have. Then I thought, okay, let's build a tool for people like this. And you know that 60% of the entire blockchain ecosystem consists of people like, you know, no coders, but still they want to build something
0: on, on top of it. So you're pretty confident that there's a, there's a big market out there.
3: W- very big market, larger than what we are thinking. Because we do not have an exact data because it's a new market. But I think it's more than what we are expecting.
0: Well, it sounds like a great project. I wish you lots of luck with it.
3: Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very
0: much. Finally, I met Luis Adler, an environmental engineer, game designer, and the founder of an online game of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. His business has been running for six years, but he's using Block Dojo to take it to the next level
1: smash mountain studio uh well we are a game development company that uh we've started uh with uh martial arts streamlined by by building the first brazilian jiu-jitsu game in the world so um the the community is there is underserved and we've seen this opportunity and then uh we saw our our way in the multi-billion dollar gaming market with
0: right so you're kind of unusual on the Block Dojo program in that you have a business already underway. Is that right? I mean, yeah. it's been running for a few years. Yeah. And what has it consisted of up
1: till now? Well, we were testing uh, these, because uh, jiu-jitsu is a grappling martial arts, right? So the normal game mechanics with a button bashing way, like combinations and et cetera, doesn't apply much to jiu-jitsu. So we had to figure a way to... Uh, represent this uh, amazing martial art in uh, what it actually is, because jiu-jitsu is a, a human chess, right? So it's about strategy, not just, yeah, let's go there, let's punch. There's no punching at all. And then you need to kind of see how you save your fatigue, your stamina, and how, what your open will be doing. So it, there's a lot of strategy.
0: So now, are you a Jiu-Jitsu expert yourself?
1: Yes, I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt.
0: And that was the, that was the
1: inspiration for all this? Yes, how I saw the opportunity. Yeah. And then uh, that's why like, we came up with this unique game concept, uh, totally different with uh, what we have back, uh, out there in the gaming space. And But, you know, since it's really original and different, we, we need to test. So right, we've been you're testing
0: turning a lot. The, from a sort of physical type yeah. representation in the game into a more intellectual, exactly. strategic one.
1: Yes. And, and also in a way that you can learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu by playing. And the, the sports rules are all there. The points, everything is there. And uh, you can actually visualize. We, we had feedback from players uh, saying that uh, they use the game before the championship, before they go there and etc., use it like instead of s- spending my time playing you know, shooting games, all things I'm I'm actually uh, passing my time uh, constructively.
0: And do you think the game appeals to people who don't already
1: know jujitsu in some way? Yes, uh, at at the moment, the version as it is today is more for those that really want to understand more. So we need to improve uh, onboarding for those that are okay. Let's just try it out. But with the next version, we pretend, we pretend that's Portuguese or we plan to, um, to make in a way they, they will understand and make, like, have fun. Such so it's a card game, right? So they don't need to know on the Jiu-Jitsu to play it. They can still uh, find it fun by, with the mechanics, with a better onboarding.
0: So what has the business model been so far and how will that change with the new
1: version? So it's mainly a free-to-play game. Right, so a percentage of players will spend, let's say, from $2 to over $10,000 with in-app purchases. But is it,
0: sorry, is it a console game or a phone Uh, game? Mobile
1: first, yeah, mobile. Mobile, and then uh, we'll go for PC as well. Console, we'll see if it makes sense going for console. Right,
0: so at the moment, it's a a free-to-play game
1: on your phone. Yes. And so how does that make money? With these in-app purchases, uh, for instance, Basically, there's there's an in-game economy uh, where, let's say, the players can play the whole game for free if they wish to, right? If they don't want to spend, they can. We offer uh, rewards, in-game rewards, uh, if they see video ads. So they are playing for free, but at some point, okay, I want to have this reward. I want to have this extra coin or whatever so I can uh, speed up my progression. But many other players, they say, okay, I want to speed up my program. I want to save time, and then I'll spend uh, real money to acquire soft currency. You know, let's say gold inside the game, and they can spend this with cosmetics, such as clothes for avatars, animations, and all that sort of status. So
0: basically, they're sending you money for things that cost you nothing to give them, right?
1: It's for them to progress more. Like the exchange here is money for time, basically. And but we yeah. And is that profitable? Is that a profitable thing? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Like, we, there are games out there making a million, million dollars a but day. But what about yours? Uh, for us, uh, for now, we are not actually looking much to revenue because we are still tweaking retention, uh, still seeing, getting like, loads of feedback from players and see what we need to change to, in order to improve our retention, to make them happy, and then uh, also to look to the long term, not just the short term. The more they stay engaged in the game, the more we will make revenue why did you want to come on the Block Dojo
0: program then if you already had an established business?
1: Because we want to get the game to the uh, web-free world because that's, that's the future. And what we want to do is we want to use a web-free layer, like a, a cherry on top of the cake. So the cake is the free-to-play model, but there's the cherry, which is the web-free layer with blockchain technology. And what will be the advantage of that for, for the customers? Okay, so in an easy way, not to get too long answer, uh, is we want to give players ownership of in-game assets and their progression. So for instance, uh, they will be able to cash back uh, the time spent on the game. So if they spend like uh, money to speed up their progression and all that. So let's say after three years, uh, ah, okay, I had enough of this game. Uh, I want to do something else and etc. They will be able to, I'm going to sell my avatar with all the progression because it's mine. I can sell it to someone else and blockchain technology make this really easier than previous... So it
0: creates a marketplace between the players. Yes.
1: And be and all the, all the things that we want to also explore with that.
0: Right. Well, uh, how's it been on the program? I mean, what, how much progress
1: have you made during these weeks? Well, it was amazing. It's uh, oh, above my expectations, to be honest, because it took me out of my comfort zone and... And it made me uh, rethink many things and actually be better prepared to, to be out there asking for investors to, to help us in our journey. And uh, now that uh, next week will be the last one, right? I feel much more prepared to have these kind of conversations with a better deck, with a better storytelling, which was one of my uh, weaknesses. Uh, I feel much more prepared and confident to, to go forward after the program. Have you had a chance to practice jiu at all during the program? Well, I did I did go uh, maybe like five to six times in the Roger Gracie Academy uh, nearby in, in Farringdon um, at seven o'clock in the morning, Tuesdays, Thursdays.
0: <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it good for your day's work when you've done that beforehand?
1: Definitely. And uh, I'm a totally different person um, when I am practicing and when I'm not. And uh, it, it helps a lot. So I kind of, I kind of encourage everyone should be doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it's it's amazing. It's good for your health. It's good for your mind and uh, and also networking.
0: If I'm going to choose between doing Jiu-Jitsu and playing the game, which would you advise me to do?
1: Do both. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. But uh, yeah, if, if you don't want to, you know, have a little bit of risk to get hurt or you don't like much contact, so then go and play the game. Well, really good luck with it. And thank you so much. Thank you very much. For talking to me about it. Thank you. Great.
0: Thanks very much to all my guests on this show and on the previous two shows from Block Dojo. And the best of luck to all of them with their exciting and convincing business plans. Next week, I'll be finding out about a banking app for Africa called VPD Money from its founder, Michael Simeon. So please join me, Charles Miller, for that... But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.